everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Talking Tendons. Uh, this is going to be a special COVID-19 uh, respite series where I'm going to do a number of uh, episodes because I, I'm conscious everybody's thinking and breathing uh, COVID and it's important to be up to date and be aware uh, of everything that's happening and do our bit and be socially conscious but we also need to some respite and some relief from thinking about COVID. So I'm going to go through some of my usual just reviews of interesting tendinopathy papers. This one is called Using Pressure Massage for Achilles Tendinopathy. Lead author is Stefan Stephenson, and one of the one of the co-authors is Henning Langbert, who's a collaborator of mine um, and close friend from uh, Denmark. Um, so this should be a high quality paper and it is a high quality paper but as with all randomized trials there are limitations it seems to be a mix of people from iceland and denmark um, and the rationale here is to see if a new treatment which is pressure massage applied to the calf has um, an equivalent or superior effect to eccentric training which is the most recommended treatment for achilles tendinopathy uh, what um, um, they argue is the underlying uh, mechanism potentially of pressure, ma pressure massage is to try and um, reduce stiffness in the calf musculature um, so that is um, that was their mechanism um, and they measured um, we'll come to it in a second but they measure uh, stiffness and, and the calf in the calf musculature is one of the outcomes. Um, so the hypothesis is our, uh, was uh, was was pressure massage treatment. Uh, sorry, let me start that again. Our first hypothesis was that pressure massage treatment is equivalent um, or superior to eccentric training with regards to pain reduction. Now, one of the things that is a little bit strange about that is they have equivalent or superior. Usually, with a hypothesis in a trial, it'll be a superiority. Uh, trial where you're trying to show that something is superior or a non-inferiority trial and the two things are different because the sample size calculation is different for both of them um, so they've combined both which is a little bit strange but I assume their power calculation is based on um, a, a superiority framework um, so they've uh, undertaken a, a randomized trial randomizing people into three groups they had pressure massage in one they had um, eccentric exercise in the other and they had a combination in the third uh, so they randomized them um, and um, uh, then they um, uh, then they compared the three groups I'm just looking for how they randomize them so for allocation into the treatment groups the first patient in each of the four uh, sex and age categories drew a number one two or three and entered that group the second patient entered the following group and so on okay um, so if the first patient drew group two the next patient group drew group three and then the third patient group one that's okay but the problem with that is that um, the people doing the randomization would know then um, the next two groups what that the person of that um, sex and age category would be um, so that's not really um, concealed allocation so that's one of the issues I guess so that's potentially um, uh, an issue with allocation there 
Um, obviously, it's a single blind trial because you can't blind the patients or the caregivers to uh, the type of treatment if the treatments are pressure massage and to the um, exercise, so they'll know which one they're receiving. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so then uh, they did compare Alfredson style eccentric training and they did the typical Alfredson with progressing uh, weights um, over a step um, um, and um, uh, they got up to I think uh, well they increased the load by 15 kilo lots and they did their three sets of 15 um, they started gradually they did something which was interesting um, and started gradually. There's a table in there, table two, which shows that they started with one set of 10 repetitions in week one to two, eventually building up in week seven uh, to, uh, sorry, day seven to three sets of 15. Um, so don't forget that Alfredson is every uh, day and actually twice a day. Uh, that's uh, people do the Alfredson program. Um, uh, so then... Uh, the other comparison was pressure massage. And this, they've written here, the technique used in this study was developed through the clinical experience of the authors. So it's it's obviously something that um, they do a lot, uh, which you might say has some, you know, um, could, could then lead to bias, not necessarily, but it may lead to bias in the way that it is described to patients. So um, obviously the interaction that the patient and the therapist had has will influence the outcome and if they're going out there saying look this is a really good intervention we know it's our experience i'm not saying they did that and it's not clear because they're not saying they didn't do that either um, uh, then that could make a difference the other difference is how often people are seen um, so here they had um, a group two patients receive pressure massage uh, twice a week two or three days uh, between treatments for six weeks, which is a lot more intervention uh, than the other group. Uh, so um, there were certainly differences in how much contact they had. So you're not controlling for that. Um, so the differences, not only in the intervention, but also the contact between the therapist and the patient, which is quite a big limitation, I think. Um, uh, so that's the pressure massage. If we look at the outcomes, they had the visa uh, pain and function outcome. They had pressure pain thresholds at the Achilles tendon. They also had range of motion, both knee bent and knee straight positions. Uh, and they looked at ultrasound imaging as well. Um, so if we skip down to the findings of the study, uh, what they found is that um, generally they had a good retention of people. Um, I think they randomized about 20 per group and not many, just a few dropped out. Um, no, no major adverse events that they reported. It doesn't seem to be a problem with dropouts. If we look at the outcomes, uh, the visa score improved in all groups and they got up to about 80 uh, from about sort of mid 50s, which is pretty good. Um, 80 is pretty much you know recovered for most people and above. Uh, there was only one between group difference, and that was the pressure massage group was better than the eccentric group at week four. Don't forget, that's right smack bang in the middle of this intense period of intervention of massage for this, these people. So we don't know whether that's just a contextual effect. But what the data does show is that if you wait 12 to 24 weeks, 
Um, with any of these treatments or combination of both eccentrics and pressure massage, people seem to get pretty much better. Uh, is that natural history? Um, is there some placebo? Um, you know, most likely. Well, there, of course there is, but how much of it is and how much of it is individual uh, specific effects? Um, we don't really know. Um, and I guess that's my key criticism with the study. Um, if we had a placebo arm, would be able to tell uh, what effect um, we could expect if we did something that was inert. Um, so instead of the both intervention arm, I would have liked to see a placebo arm. And then we could say, okay, if we give them a placebo, they think they're having good treatment. Yeah, uh, what happens? And also, I would have liked to see a control of um, the, uh, uh, the, the intervention, how much intervention each group had. I think that would have been important as well. Um, I, I'm really of the persuasion that you know, placebo, for, especially for something like this, it's a novel treatment, it's a massage treatment, patients probably feel really good afterwards, there's probably quite a big placebo element to it. Uh, but does it actually help them and is it actually necessary? Um, I'd like to see placebo control for something like that, um, uh, for treatments like this. Um, so uh, the other question is other outcomes. So pressure pain thresholds, um, range of motion did not, well, pressure pain threshold did not change um, in any group and the ankle range of motion that they tested, that improved in all groups. So there was no differences. What I would have liked to see is function and strength. And I think that if you could probably argue that the eccentric group would have got better strength towards the end, and that might be beneficial for some uh, of their daily functions. So, um, you know, so possibly there are some benefits to exercise that may not have been seen in this study because of the outcomes that were chosen. Okay, so, so, so that's an interesting yeah, interesting, interesting study. Really, really worthwhile contribution to the literature overall. Um, you know, as I say, all studies have limitations, so it's a, it's it's a nice um, nice study to discuss. Um, yeah, really important to think about performance bias, though. So, um, and, and also, what were these people told, and what were the, what was the therapist telling them during these sessions? Was that controlled, standardised? Did they try and reduce any placebo? Um, and I wonder with this pressure massage, is it similar to shockwave where you, you, it's probably quite painful, it's having some sort of short-term pain effect, um, but does it actually have a lasting long-term effect? Um, they have in their conclusions, we suggest the treatment to calf muscles be included, uh, treatment to the calf muscles be included in the future treatments for Achilles tendinopathy. I'm not too sure about that. I think, as I say, I'd like to see placebo control before we... Um, uh, are including pressure massage and things like this um, in terms of um, uh, uh, some of our treatments. And one last final point I'd like to make is that PPT didn't change, and they make a really insightful comment in the discussion, and that is that um, um, even though Visa improved, um, PPT was the same, so pressure 
mechanical sensitivity does not change and that's really something we see clinically the tendon is still painful even though they've improved and they're back to function so um, you know palpating the tendon doesn't really tell you much about recovery um, and it's it's really been demonstrated in this uh, in this study which is really nice um, all right everybody thank you very much for listening um, i hope you are all keeping well and um, i will uh, endeavor to do some more of these over the next few weeks um, thanks very much bye bye